What's happening? We'll tell you right now on This Week in Cannabis News. David Wiley from the OZ joins us as usual. Check out the website, OkanaganZ.com. It is uh, new, it is beautiful, and it is uh, everything you need when it comes to cannabis news. Follow them on Twitter at OkanaganZ and at Wiley Writer. How are things, David? Things are good, my friend. It's uh, getting to the fall time, and the fall is my favorite season. Yeah, I'm really looking forward. I got to head into the city of Edmonton tomorrow, and uh, you know, drive, we always try to drive through the River Valley when we do that because you know we're not quite there yet, but it is starting to turn, and uh, those colors uh, among the trees. Uh, it's hard to beat that view uh, for a drive, uh, especially. Um, let's uh, let's chat about uh, canopy growth, and you know we seem to talk about them a lot, and for good reason. They are in the news a lot. They are one of the busier uh, cannabis companies uh, out there, and uh, they are doing something that we both agree is going to move this cannabis industry forward. Uh, they're, they're normalizing. They're they're taking part in something that maybe is a first for cannabis companies? Well, Canopy Growth is certainly Canada's biggest cannabis company and uh, one of the biggest in the world. Arguably, it is the biggest in the world. And uh, yeah, they have done a lot to normalize this wonderful plant. They're going to be taking part in Barclays Global Consumer Staples Conference. That's coming up on uh, September 9th. If you, if you haven't heard of that conference, you could be forgiven. It's actually a forum for corporate executives and institutional investors to talk about market trends. And some of the biggest companies in the world present at this conference. So it's pretty cool what Canopy is doing. This is actually their third year participating. Mm. And they're the only cannabis company that's participated in this event to date. So they say that it merges perfectly because cannabis is ultimately consumer packaged goods industry. And that's what they talk about at this conference. Now, Canopy has been focusing its efforts on the U.S., uh, of course, as well as Canada and Germany also. So this is a chance for them to to shine in that global spotlight. Uh, I'd reached out to Canopy to talk a little bit about what they were going to be you know, presenting. And uh, they said that the CBD market in the U.S. is an extremely attractive space and very much in need of a clear leader right now. So from a consumer standpoint, the CBD market, they say, feels pretty cluttered and confusing. A lot of Americans have heard of CBD, um, but they're you know, not really able to name any brands because there's not, a lot of, uh, there's not a lot of knowledge about them right now. So that's pretty fascinating. They're starting to step up their activities in the U.S., um, trying, to, to, trying to drive that uh, awareness. They've launched a website, shopcanopy.com where they're featuring a lot of different products. Uh, and that includes some of their some of their fairly well-known brands, BioSteel that we've talked about before, and uh, Stores and Bickle as well. So this is really interesting. If you want to watch, it does stream live um, through canopygrowth.com on their investor site. Yeah, they are, uh, they're always moving and shaking, and uh, they, are, they have very much ties, as you mentioned, to that U.S. market, particularly when it comes to that BioSteel drink. There's a lot of rumblings about how big that could get uh, as far as uh, mm. the uh, the CBD market. Now, Canopy closer to home, uh, I guess for me at least anyway, uh, they are <laughs> expanding their footprint in Alberta. 10 new stores in Alberta. 
So those stores are going to fly the Tokyo Smoke and Tweed banners. And that's its first retail cannabis presence in your province over there. They don't have any presence in BC as of yet, but they do have stores in uh, Manitoba and Saskatchewan uh, in the West. And they also have stores elsewhere in the country. Uh, so most of these new stores are in Calgary. There's others that are going to be in uh, Lethbridge and Edmonton, for example. Um, and, you know, a big deal here is that they're going to be creating more than 100 jobs in the Alberta market. And that's a big deal right now. Uh, you bring in more jobs, and especially at a time where you know, we have been seeing this downturn. And uh, in some sectors, employment is pretty hard to come by. So there's an opportunity out there for those who want to work in cannabis. Yeah, for sure. There's a, a you know a tweed store opening up on White Ave in Edmonton, which is a, a very trendy part of uh, you know the the city and very popular. So I'm sure that store is going to be busy. And uh, they're opening a Tokyo Smoke and Spruce Grove, which is uh, uh, just a, a bedroom community of Edmonton, just outside. A sizable market though, and. Uh, I haven't been to a tweed store. Every time I've tried to go to a tweed store, they weren't open yet, so they had plans to open. But I have been in a Tokyo Smoke in uh, in Winnipeg, and I'll just say I found the the knowledge and the way it was presented and their layout amazing. I, I was really impressed. Uh, you know, they have information all over the place, so that if one area is busy with a, a, a bud tender, you can go to another area and find the same information. And the knowledge was great. So looking forward to these stores. And and as you mentioned, um, it's more jobs. It's more competition for the other stores. So it also makes them work a little bit harder for your business. Mm-hmm. And Yeah, like you said, Canopy is really great on that educational side of things. Um, and this is going to bring their stores up to a total of 50 across the country. And they have more planned. So lots of, lots of competition, lots of brick and mortar. And that's something that uh, we've talked about is going to advance the cannabis industry. No doubt. All right. Our next story, uh, this is from uh, a Bloomberg article. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know why uh, these cannabis retails retailers should have to do this. This should have been done on its own. But there are retail outlets asking the RCMP for help. A group of legal cannabis retailers, there's about eight of them, and they're asking the RCMP to look into illegal dispensaries that are being listed on WeedMap. So that's an online portal that shares locations, menus, and prices. A lot of different stores on there. Now, just a quick check in my area shows that there's all kinds of stores listed that, uh, that you know, really shouldn't be. So this letter is co-signed by the, the heads of these companies that include High Tide and Superettes. And uh, WeedMap actually announced last August that they were going to delist illicit stores later in 2019. Obviously, that hasn't happened. And the letter that uh, has been sent to the RCMP's commissioner and deputy commissioner says that uh, in view of WeedMap's unwillingness to delist illicit market services in Canada and to stop profiting from the proceeds of crimes committed in Canada, we ask that you direct your appropriate investigative units to immediately look into what enforcement action can be taken against WeedMap's Canadian operations. So uh, them be fighting words. I don't know why, as I said, they need to do this. This, And I don't know why and how these illicit websites or pop-up stores or whatever they're called can exist. It's, it's mind-boggling that, you know, we're coming up on another anniversary of legalization and there's still these popping up. Now, 
maybe it's way harder to shut them down than I think, but it doesn't seem like there's a lot of effort being put in to shut these down. I mean, they've got thousands of illicit cannabis stores listed across the country, uh, according to this letter. And, you know, we've seen this. Licenses to open up a legal store, they cost money. And uh, also, when it comes to a safety standpoint, stores that are, aren't selling uh, regulated products, I mean, who knows how they've been made. And uh, that's a point that's been put across a few times now, especially when you're talking about concentrates, um, vapes, and, you know, the like. It's actually quite a challenging process to make that safely. So, uh, you know, the legal stores at least have a product that you can uh, generally count on. No doubt. Uh, So we go from a story about uh, illicit cannabis sites or stores, you know, running free across the country uh, to a guy in Manitoba who just wants to grow pot at home like everybody else is allowed to, unless you're in Manitoba or Quebec. Uh, and Jesse Lavoie, or Lavoie, I believe it is, and I've actually reached out to him to try to get him on the show because, you know, this makes me sad about my home province that they're still not allowing people to grow. But this is a gentleman who's challenging that. I love that. I love that. A guy in Manitoba. That's uh, exactly what this seems like, and it's just a downright letter penny in its, uh, in its folksy way. So here's a 28-year-old Manitoban uh, that just wants to grow his own his own weed. Um, you know, the federal government legalized growing up to four recreational cannabis plants on your property so back uh, in, in October 20, uh, what are we, 18 mm-hmm. now? And, uh, you know, it, it's something that Manitoba and Quebec just bucked against. They decided not to follow it, and instead they prohibited people from growing their own plants. Manitoba even took it one step further with a $2,542 fine for those who are caught growing. Now, in September 2019, a Quebec Superior Court judge actually ruled the ban unconstitutional. Mm -hmm. So now Manitoba is the only province that's that's gone unchallenged on this front. So this uh, gentleman is uh, kind of an interesting guy. You know, he's he's, uh, been in the, in the the Army Reserve. And uh, he was working at a correctional institution in Winnipeg when he actually uh, was on the receiving end of a pretty violent scuffle and uh, and left that uh, industry to recover and ended up in the legal cannabis industry. And uh, while his current employer, he says, isn't involved in this fight, this is a personal fight, um, you know, for him, he's just grown attached to the industry overall and wants to see this change. So as we do in these days, he set up a GoFundMe page, and the goal is uh, $80,000. All of the funds that he raises, he says, are going to go into the constitutional challenge. And anything left over would go to towards a number of different charities that he has listed. And he's almost hit $7,000 so far. The campaign is pretty young, so there seems to be quite a bit of support that's building behind him. This is, uh, this is just... Uh, I, I'm so impressed by this gentleman that's... Uh, that's doing this. And, and as you mentioned, he suffered a violent injury and cannabis and, and he looked in a different direction. And the, the, uh, what I really like is how he points out about, uh, okay, so one cannabis plant can, uh, take approximately three to four months to grow, can yield upwards of a hundred grams. 
Well, that's a lot of cannabis for people that maybe not be able to afford the prices at a retail outlet. So bravo on this guy. And, uh, you know, hopefully uh, the same thing that happened in Quebec happens here and Manitobans should be able to grow. It's ludicrous that you're taking away the ability for somebody to provide themselves something of a cheaper option that is legal. Mm-hmm, definitely. I'm, I'm, I'm rooting for him in this challenge. And, uh, you know, we've talked about this before. We do. A lot of these schemes seem to repeat. The laws at the moment aren't perfect, um, but it's people like this that are helping to make the changes that we really need to see. Yeah, 100%. All right, let's end with the story we hope all uh, happens. Well, you and I, and and a lot of Canadians, though, because we're talking about uh, marijuana being federally legal in the United States and an upcoming vote to determine, well, at least part of that process anyway. It's a little bit confusing with American politics. It sure is, but it, it seems to be moving in the right direction. So later this month, there's going to be a congressional vote on a bill to federally legalize cannabis. Uh, vote on the bill called the Marijuana Opportunity Reinvestment and Expungement Act, otherwise known as the MORE Act. So that's expected to happen during the week of September 21st. I mean, just down the road. Uh, in a letter to his colleagues, the Democratic Majority Leader said that the MORE Act is an important step to correct the disproportionate impact that the criminal justice system has had on communities of color. And that is a big deal. There are a lot of people in jail in the U.S. Um, due to just small cannabis crimes. Um, you know, there, there's been a lot of talk about how this kind of bill would have a, a negative impact on the U.S. economy because of the amount of uh, the importance to the economy that the prison system has. Hmm. So. You know, think about that. Wow. The fact that, that the war on drugs in the U.S. has been fueling a sector of the economy, the prison system, uh, and that seems to be one of the big reasons why it's facing uh, some challenge, uh, at least, you know, the unsaid reasons. So this, is, uh, this bill is going to help restore justice to millions uh, by decriminalizing cannabis and expunging records of nonviolent federal cannabis convictions. So says the uh, Democratic majority leader in his letter. Um, it, it's got a, an interesting road to go through. So basically, if the House approves the bill, uh, there there's going to be uh, it will have to go into the Senate, and the Senate's Republican controlled. Um, so it does have to go up to that next level of government for a sense, and uh, it would have to go through a committee process. And complicating matters to this is that the, the the sponsoring, the lead Senate sponsor of the MORE Act is uh, none other than the Democratic VP nominee, Kamala Harris. Mm. So if this bill does uh, wind up on President Donald Trump's desk, it would actually mean crediting a political rival. So, you know, there's there are shades of gray around this bill, and uh, it, it's a bit of political drama that's playing out right now across the border. It's uh, it's it's it, it's always political drama with the the uh, the current president, and it's always personal, <laughs> unfortunately. But um, you know, there's a really really good documentary on Netflix called I think it's called Thirteenth uh, uh, regarding uh, 
prison systems and uh, the the disproportionate amount of black people in those U.S. prison systems. But they have this stat from that documentary. I recently watched it that the United States of America has 5% of the world's population. The United States of America has 25% of the world's prison population. Wow. How crazy is that? And that just, you know, goes to to state what you were saying before about, you know, they're worried about people getting out of prison. And, and, you know, that is a big generator of the economy and private prisons don't even get me started on that situation. So, uh, listen, whether, you know, that's the unfortunate thing is that the Democrats can agree on this, but they need help from the other side. And there doesn't seem to be help from either side for anything going on right now. So I hope this happens because... This, this would just make life uh, a whole lot, like just for the simplest things, using a, an app on your iPhone would be possible if cannabis was federally legal. Hmm. But it's not right now because, uh, and, and you can't use those things. So for my volcano, I can't use the actual app. So those are the little things that would make life easier, much less the fact that, you know, traveling and, and doing all these things and, and just generally good things for people every day in the United States. But from a Canadian perspective, you know, we want, at least I do, I want federally legalization uh, just as much as I wanted it here. Yeah, absolutely. For our friends in the U.S., you know, we just want to see them to enjoy the the wonderful freedoms that we have here in Canada when it comes to cannabis. And uh, my fingers are crossed that that's going to happen in the future. Yeah, and and the you know the uh, the CBD market down there, um, it's wide open right now. And and like we talked about before, uh, people don't know a lot about brands, but with a new federal uh, market, I think you would start to see the the industry. I think it would grow even more than it did uh, here in Canada for these first couple of years. But that's a few months so that we still have to uh, <laughs> wait for, and we'll cross our fingers for that. David, thank you as uh, usual. Uh, for joining us on the program. Check out OkanaganZ.com and on Twitter at OkanaganZ and at Wiley Writer. Enjoy uh, the beginning of the fall. You too. Great to talk to you.